If some of your uh, listeners are W-2 workers and they're just like thinking, man, I wish I could get in real estate, but I don't have time because they're you know 50 hours at work and then driving around and then they're not sure of the knowledge part. The thing about real estate is that you can do it on the side. You could literally mm-hmm. do it when you're driving to and from the car, to, from work in the car, right? Listening to podcasts, getting educated, weekends, a little bit of evenings searching for deals. Um, but then it's really building a good network of people around you. You found the Real Estate Law Podcast because real estate is more than just pretty pictures and law goes well beyond paperwork and courtroom arguments. If you're a real estate professional or looking to build real estate expertise, then welcome to the conversation and discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Law Podcast. And I am your host, Jason Muth, along with attorney broker Rory Gill from Next Home Titletown Real Estate and Urban Village Legal in Boston. And Rory, you know, I have not introduced you this way yet, but you are one of Boston Magazine's top attorneys, right? That I am, yes. Yes. And I didn't even tell you that in advance, but like- There's a funny story as to how we found out about this, but yeah, I mean, you got the plaque to prove it too, which is awesome. So that's congratulations. That's not a small offer. That's huge. Oh, that I mean, I was you know criticizing these lists, these top ten lists, and you're sitting there laughing because you have the magazine in your hand and saw that I was in it before I knew that I was in there. So that's uh, yes, I (laughs) as 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 I'm criticizing the concept of the list in the first place. That's exactly when I found out I was there. So totally set you up for that, you know, like not just now, but back then, but, but let's not talk about ourselves. We talk about ourselves all the time. Let's talk about our amazing guest that we have on this episode of the podcast. It's Kekoa Lewin. Did I say your last name correctly? Yes. Um, And Kekoa is a, he is a vertically integrated entrepreneur who works in a number of different real estate businesses that are all interconnected, and we're going to have to hear how he's built his empire. But first, please welcome Kekoa to the podcast. Hello. Aloha, everybody. It's great to be here. Aloha. I should have been saying aloha from the start because I know that you you have operations in Hawaii, and uh, we've spent, at least I've spent about a month of my life in Kauai, like over the course of the years. Yeah, so the question is, why only a month? You really should try to make it a month a year or, you know. I know, I know. I Especially know. when you look out your window and see all that snow out there. Man, doesn't the sandy beach sound really nice right now with a, with a nice uh, margarita? Mai Tai. We are recording this today on yet another snowy day in Boston. So, you know, once again, we, we're the losers in the weather in the weather situation, but Kakoa has operations uh, uh, along the West Coast in Las Vegas. He has an office in Florida. Uh, he has an office in Hawaii. And man, you showed up on time for the interview and you were telling me that you don't even know what time zone you're in. <laughs> well, Aloha time, we would have uh, had to do the interview at least an hour late, but uh, you know, we're trying to work on that. That's, a, that's something that's a goal of mine. But yeah, no, I'm originally from Hawaii. And uh, so we have an operation in Honolulu and then we have one in Seattle and then uh, Vegas, Dallas, and uh, Florida. So uh, just kind of, we go where we find really good restaurants and good gyms, and we open up okay. an office, so we don't mind visiting. We have good restaurants in Boston, don't we, Rory? What do you think? We do. Uh, the gyms are not so great. <laughs> but the... <laughs> the gyms are not bad here. Come on. like, yes. you know, But they're not outdoor gyms. Like, you're not talking Venice Beach or anything, although we try to do boot camps and whatnot outdoors. You know, we do live yeah. in a beach town. I mean, Boston... 
We have some of the cleanest water uh, that you'll see in the Northeast, apparently in Boston Harbor, like they've sure cleaned the harbor up, but we have beachfront here in Boston, right, right down the street from us. Like you'll see boot, camp, boot camps there all the time. Nice. You just have to bring your uh, snow gear to get there, but you know. It's, it's a great place to work out four months out of the year. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, no, anytime you guys want to come to Hawaii, you're welcome to come down. Well, we're going to take you up on that. Uh, I guarantee it. Tell us how you've built what, what you've built so far. Um, you know, I was reading up on your background and you have investments everywhere and you have a, you're a hard money lender also, right? So you're, you finance some of the properties that you're working on or with other, uh, with other deals that you're involved with and you do do property management as well. Mm-hmm. Like tell yeah. us how, how did all that come together? Yeah, it's all just basically um, schizophrenic and ADHD, all kind of piled into one business model. We call it vertically integrated because it just sounds, you know, more professional. Um, but really, every day is just a little bit chaotic. Uh, I started because in uh, college, I actually minored in real estate. So I majored in girls, minored in real estate. And, and uh, when I graduated, in order to finish off your minor, you actually had to take the state test. And so I took the state test, um, actually did do a business major as well at the same time. And so just started doing some real estate stuff. And then right out of college, I built out a neighborhood uh, near our college campus. And then I kind of just got hooked. In college, I lived in the dorms for a while and didn't like it. So then I was like, man, I should just buy a house and rent it to six guys. So we rented to six guys, uh, all my buddies. So basically it was like a frat house and I was making 500 a month after all utilities were paid. And I'm like, dude, this is really cool. Uh, So I started house hacking before I knew what it was and Mm -hmm. just kind of fell in love with real estate. And uh, gosh, ever since we've been flipping houses. So the last, uh, we're probably done 250 house flips. So that's kind of our uh, background is doing house flips before HGTV made it cool. And so once we got going in house flipping, you start realizing you need money, you need contractors, you need property management. And so it was really frustrating because sometimes you can't find good people. Uh, We call it a power team. And just like you guys, since you own properties as well, you know how important it is to have a really good lender and a really good contractor and then a really good property manager, unless you want to do it all yourself. Uh, But we started a, a hard money lending company because we were borrowing a lot of money and we're just like, hey, all these most hard money, I shouldn't say all, many hard money lenders, there was just always some extra costs or hidden costs or challenges and, and new real estate investors. Uh, if you're a new real estate investor, you're listening in, you'll realize that sometimes hard money loans have a whole lot of stipulations that really have gotchas. And if you don't watch out for the gotchas, then man, that makes it really hard to make any money on a flip. So we ended up starting a hard money lending company so that way we could supplement uh, our own funding needs. And then eventually we just started funding our friends and then it kind of grew grew into an entire lending company. And then we built a construction company because we couldn't find good contractors. So we have a licensed bonded insured general construction company. And then we started a property management company to manage the properties we own. And then everybody we knew was like, man, we don't like our property manager. Can you manage ours? So, you know, like we do in Hawaii, we're always like, yeah, you're our friend. Sure, we'll take care of yours. And yeah, we'll take care of yours. And then pretty soon we're like, man, we got a freaking company. We're like we're, we got a lot of units we're managing now. So, so then we had to get legit. So, so we um, accidentally got vertically integrated. And it's been, it's been an adventure. It's been a lot of fun. And I think um, for anybody who's listening and thinking of expanding your business, real estate just has so much potential and so much opportunity. It's very exciting. 
it sounds like you're following the footsteps of kind of Amazon where they, they took something that was an expense that they had, a problem that they had, and then they just figured out a way to solve it. And then they kept bringing all these outside, what would be outside vendors into their own umbrella. But I mean, you say that you, you know, built this up and that it's just kind of chaotic and, you know, it makes for a crazy day. I'm sure it does. But if you have all these businesses running, there really must be some, you know, something you're doing to keep it all under control. Like, what do you do to, to manage all these different competing endeavors at the same time? Well, first of all, I think that was cool that you said Amazon and our name in the same sentence. I don't think that's ever happened before. That's like, that just sounds super cool. I didn't make the top list for attorneys, but man, I got my name in the same sentence as Amazon. So I'm stoked, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, like you folks, uh, running multiple companies or businesses really takes a great team. And so mm-hmm. I've been really fortunate. We have uh, my, my main business partner when we were flipping uh, was a buddy of mine named Corey. And we met each other. At, we're both personal trainers uh, at the gym. And so, so we met each other and then we're just like, Hey, let's just start flipping houses because that's what gym guys do is flip houses, right? Because we have no clue what we were doing. So we lost a bunch of money. We figured things out. Uh, and then we just kind of kept rolling and then kind of over time, we just expanded and, and just kind of kept bringing on good people. Um, there's some really, really good resources out there. If you're looking at hiring a team on how to hire and what to interview and how to interview and all those types of things. And, and I would say that's been really helpful is that we're just constant learners. Uh, in Hawaii, we, we do a lot of um, martial arts and, and the black belt is always where you want to go. Uh, but the white belt is always the rookie and the new guy and the one that gets the crap beaten out of them. But we always say in our companies that no matter how big we get, no matter how much success we get, no how much money we make, we must always maintain a white belt mentality, which means we're hungry and we're learners and we're always trying to figure out, you know, how to grow and get better. And so uh, for us, I think as, as we've expanded, we've got good people, but we're already still thinking, how do we scale to the next level uh, and how do we bring in some more good people uh, on the teams? So the white belt mentality is something I've never heard before. And I think that's a fantastic way to basically reset, say in a different way that you believe in mentorship and you believe in bringing people in uh, and teaching them everything. Because if you want your company to maintain that white belt mindset, you know, you have to realize that you're always learning. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening to this saying, how do I, how do I get my foot in the door? And it's, it's probably finding people that are willing to train you, right? Because everything you minored in real estate, you said something really funny earlier, which is you majored in girls and minored in real estate. I bet you that you've used that line before, right? Yeah. I'm like, I think I have a title for the episode right now, but no, no, we're not. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then you get a whole bunch of people who won't listen. They'll be like, "That that guy just sounds shallow." <laughs> right. So, uh, no way that's gonna be the title. But like, I'm like, "Oh my god, what a great line!" All the stuff that you mine, you minored in real estate, and and but everything that you're doing now, you learn on the job, right? You learn this along the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, much like Rory, Rory's got an entire uh, team of real estate agents with him. And, and we all know that when you take a real estate class and you take the state exam, like that is not even the peak or the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. on all that you need to know about doing a transaction or representing a buyer, or representing a seller or marketing or any of those types of things. Uh, real estate investing is, is just the exact same. There's just so much to learn. Uh, but what's really cool about the space is that there's so many people wanting to share. Um, you know, I mean, whether it's a podcast like Bigger Pockets or Wholesaling Inc. or um, I mean, there's just so many that Grant Cardone, you know, that's a whole nother level, right? There's so many people you can listen to and have that white belt mentality to keep learning. Uh, or there's good people like, you know, you both to just say, hey, 
you know, I want to learn from you. And so how do I do that? And, you know, for somebody who's in Boston, I'd say, hey, you know, you just apply it with Rory and be like, hey, I want to get to coffee. I've got my license and I just want to learn. Like, just let me sit and listen to conference calls. Uh, I tell people all the time when they're like, hey, I want to learn from you. I'm like, well, you're going to have to come in through the, the back door and, and you just have to come serve. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to sit and, and really kind of grind through some stuff. Yeah. And you're going to learn so much that pretty soon you're going to be uh, so worth having on our team that there's no doubt that we'd want to bring you on the team as a paid position. So I always tell folks is like, yeah, find somewhere where you can intern and, and go somewhere where you don't ask for money but you ask what you can do to give them value. And, and man, the doors of opportunity just become huge. And, and you can do this for anybody. Like I mean, if you find somebody who's a really successful real estate investor, in fact, if I was to start all over again, that's what I'd do is I'd look around the country and find the guy or the gal that's got so much success in the realms I want. And it doesn't always mean money, mm-hmm. right? Maybe family balance or, or maybe they, you know, they've got the right combination of businesses or maybe they drive the coolest car mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And just hit them up and be like, dude, I just, I want to just be near you. Uh, You don't have to pay me, but I will do anything you tell me to do five hours a day, every day of the week. Uh, But I just want to learn. I'll give you three months. I guarantee you, you will learn more than you could ever uh, take in a class. Would you guys agree with that? We'll be right back. Every other real estate rental property deal analysis spreadsheet is wrong. The only spreadsheet that correctly analyzes your real estate deals taking into account reserves, true cash flow, including depreciation, and your true net equity on a property is the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet from the Real Estate Financial Planner. Download a free copy today and finally start analyzing your rental properties correctly. Go to refp.info forward slash free to download it today. I mean, absolutely. And one of the things I love about this industry is it's not perfect, but it's a meritocracy to some degree. The people who are willing to work and learn are the ones that are going to rise. And that's not true in every part of our economy, but people come people come into our office with a, a variety of backgrounds, um, you know, educational backgrounds, uh, personal histories. And if they're willing to learn, they, they have a place here in this industry. And that's something I really appreciate about doing this job and running this business. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's the fun thing about real estate is one of the first hires that we had on the team was uh, when I first came to Seattle, I was just going to fly back to Hawaii every other week. And I did, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to really start a Seattle operations, but I was at the gym. I go to the gym every morning at five and there was this uh, high school kid that I just kept seeing all the time. And, and we just, you know, in the gym, you always eye out other guys and you're not sure exactly, you know, how to start a conversation. Um, but one day we just started talking and he was uh, 17, I think at the time, just about to turn 18. And he's just like, you know, Hey, I've, I've done some research on you and I'd love to learn from you. Mm-hmm. Like, awesome. This weekend show up at two of my properties. It just snowed one foot in Seattle and go scrape off the snow and, and I'll pay you, you know, like a couple hundred bucks. And so it's just like, you know, I just want to see, you know, what his attitude would be like and his work ethic and, and, and I kid you not, true story, uh, I show up at uh, two of my houses, huge driveways, like literally probably 100-foot driveways, hills, and do the, the driveways where you could lick them. The, he had de-iced them, mm-hmm. pushed the snow to the side. And I mean, and he didn't even do our driveway. He did it all the way down to the street to the stop sign. Oh. And, and when I showed up, I was like, my 
what's going on, dude? Like, how many people do you hire to bring out to do all this? And he's like, no, oh, it's just me. And he still had a smile on his face. And, hmm. and after that, just like, you know, Roy, you said, I mean, they're just, when you're willing to work hard, the doors of opportunity is huge. And when you've got a good work ethic, man, uh, there's so many people that would love to pour into you and, and be a coach. There's a strange amount of um, congeniality uh, among people in the real estate industry for a cutthroat business like real estate, where folks want to help each other. Maybe not everybody, but you know, you mentioned um, networking earlier on. You know, going yeah. to some networking groups, meeting people that are hungry. We've done the same thing. We've talked about it on this podcast before, um, even appearing on this podcast. I mean, you know, I, I have a feeling that there's a, a there's a yearning to learn. And there's a lot of people that are natural teachers and basically they just want to tell others what, what they know. And that's kind of how information seems to get passed down in this world. I mean, like, yeah, you still need a degree if you're going to become an attorney, like we're yeah. going to pass the bar. Uh, you can't just like kind of give all the information and then send somebody to court to defend something. <laughs> it's not legal to do that, but, um, but you know, you're, you're talking about, um, mentoring people, uh, meeting people at the gym and saying, Hey, listen, like if you work hard, I can teach you all this stuff. Is that how you've built some of these businesses and scaled them up? Because, you know, you're operating in some very different parts of the country. Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot of our, a lot of our, uh, surprisingly, a lot of our, uh, staff are gym rats. And so it is pretty funny. Oftentimes, um, actually many times in Seattle, actually our entire team in Seattle. Yeah. We all work out the same gym in the morning. Uh, and so that's pretty cool. Most of our team in Vegas is the same way. Um, so yeah, it's just, I think there's something about me. It's been something about athletes and the dedication and the willingness to get out of bed and the, and the team uh, oriented perspective is really important to me. So a lot of athletes have that. So that's been great. Uh, we are in a number of markets as you alluded to, and, and it's been challenging, but I think what's cool is that no matter how many different markets, because everybody understands the team aspect, it's been really, really effective and, and it's been a lot of fun. So uh, we're really kind of scaling because we're trying to, to move more towards bigger acquisitions, but at the same time, we want to give more away. So what we're trying to do is trying to figure out, you know, like being on this podcast is how do we help new investors uh, start their journey? Because just like Rory said, this is the one industry that if you're 15 years old or 55 or 95, you can start in real estate investing and you can make money in this industry. And if you have any sustainable plans, then man, it's scalability is tremendous. You discovered it early on though. I mean, you minored in real estate, but then you started um, house hacking before that was probably even a term, you know, you were renting yeah. rooms to your friends. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I look back at my life and say, geez, I wish I learned this back in my early twenties. Nobody taught. Right? Right. Don't you just wish that in college there was a class that just said life 101 and they taught you all these life hacks that you don't get, you know, you I mean, you learn about history and you learn about, you know, various topics, but man, if somebody would just early on be like, Hey, here's some financial tricks to set you up to do anything you want to do in the rest of your life, then it'd be such a great class. In fact, we should create that class. Okay. That's our assignment after this. Rory, yeah. Get to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I went the roundabout way. I went to, to college and law school and did all of that. And I wish somebody set me aside in the beginning and said, you know, actually, the most important thing you should be doing right now is, you know, planting that seed, that getting that first investment done instead of, you know, just taking on more debt to go get more degrees and, and graduate from there. But that's a topic for a whole, oh, 
I could go off on that for about an hour, but I yeah. wish I, I wish I planted that seed earlier on instead of just waiting through um, education to get there. Yeah, well, in our real estate brokerage, we have it's called Team K Call. We have a number of different agents, but the majority of our clients, our investor clients, are all physicians gone through med school, hundreds mm-hmm. of thousand dollars of debt, and now they come to us saying, "Help us build a real estate portfolio so we can quit our W two jobs." have passive income, and now do what we want to do with our lives, which is so ironic because when we were all in high school, everybody's like, be a doctor, be a doctor, be a lawyer, you know, because that's the careers that set you to do whatever you want to do. Um, But man, entrepreneurship really is that ticket to freedom or the keys to freedom. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity costs involved with becoming a doctor. And, you know, you and I were talking right before we hit record on this, how I took the MCAT, was going to go to med school. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I ran down that path, I would have had all this debt and I would have been 30. Let me think about this. Yeah, I would have been 30 out of my internship from med school. So four years of med school, four years of residency. Yeah. And then, you know, you're making a ton of money with a ton of debt unless, you know, you have family money that, you know, was able to pay for it all yourself. So now you're in your early 30s. And you lost 10 years of building up, you know, the empire that a lot of people that maybe you're working with that are in their early 20s are starting to to build right now. And those 10 years, those compound just like a retirement account. You know, like if you start your 401k at age 20 versus age 30, well, you're much further along, even though it's only 10 years. Yeah, 100%. Or if you bought, let's just say if you were... 20 years old, graduate from college, and you bought your first duplex and you lived in one side and rent out the other, and then you just kept it, man, in 15 years, that thing would have been debt free, you know? And then by the time you're at 35 years old, you got one duplex debt free. But if you had bought any other properties along the way and put them all on 15 year notes, then you keep having all these debt free properties come up. And, and that's just game changing. And, and you're not even doing something difficult because if you live in one unit, the FHA has this 3% down program and it's like free money and you can live in it and you have a place to stay. Somebody pays the mortgage and then pretty soon somebody pays the mortgage off and then you've got a balance sheet with all this equity, which is where the power comes from, from real estate. It is kind of crazy because everyone is saying exactly what you're saying. And unless you're in the know or willing to listen to it, people don't hear this, right? I mean, how many people that you talk to that are not in the everyday real estate world probably look at you saying, God, what are you doing? Like, God, you have a lot of debt or you have a lot of properties or must be a lot to manage. But little do they know, you know, how that could set them financially free from what they're doing with their W-2 job every day. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if some of your Uh, listeners are W-2 workers and they're just like thinking, man, I wish I could get in real estate, but I don't have time because they're, you know, 50 hours at work and then driving around and then they're not sure the knowledge part. The thing about real estate is that you can do it on the side. You can literally Mm -hmm. do it when driving to and from the car, from work in the car, right? Listening to podcasts, getting educated, weekends, a little bit of evenings, searching for deals. Um, But then it's really building a good network of people around you. So, you know, it's trying to find some a meetup in your city and and just kind of linking up with some good people and being like, hey, I'm learning. I want to figure this out. And then pretty soon some of those relationships start to blossom. And once in a while, you actually find somebody you'll partner with. And um, I partner on some properties right now. We're building a short term rental on the big island of Hawaii. And I'm partnered with a contractor that I had met at a meetup in Seattle. Uh, and so ironically, he's from Hawaii too. And so it just turned out perfect. But had I not gone to the meetup, I would have never met him. 
and it would have never opened the door of opportunity uh, to do some really cool partnership opportunities. So, so for anybody who's thinking about starting, then just take action, like just start getting moving. And then eventually you're going to start meeting some good people. And the neat thing about most people in the real estate industry is like, you know, Jason was saying earlier is that most people are pretty benevolent and they're really open to helping one another. You'll meet a couple of greedy ones and you just discount them and don't do business with them. Uh, but most everybody else is really into collaboration. How do you feel like you vet your business partners? Um, I was watching before we recorded this, I was watching something you recorded with Corey, your other business yeah. partner, right? Yeah. Just about how you guys met, how you were both, you know, personal trainers and, you know, got to be friends and trust each other and whatnot. But, you know, you're meeting people all out and about right now and you're probably forming new business partnerships. How would you judge somebody's character and say, hey, I want to do business with the, this guy or this gal and or I don't? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. Partnerships is uh, is always a fascinating thing. There's an old saying that says the only ship that does not sail is a partnership. Hmm. Uh, and most of the time that's super true because, you know, partnerships is like a marriage. It's it's really can be awesome and it can be really challenging. And you've got two very differing people and in a marriage they come together and then you're supposed to be death to us part. Uh, and that's hard because there's some challenges along the way. Uh, business partnerships are equally as hard and lack that dedication because in marriage, you try to stick it out. Business partnerships are like, screw you, I'm out, you know, and then you just have a, a document that gets out, which doesn't set you up for longevity, right? So to find a really good partner for me, what I've been fortunate enough to do is just I find people that share common values that I have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's where the gym comes in is, you know, I'm just a morning guy. I'm a disciplined guy. I love you know, taking care of myself, but it's also a mindset thing to get the day started. So when I find other people like that, I'm like, man, you know, we share a lot of basic values in terms of just our mindset and attitude. Uh, but then there's also values that you have in life. Like some people, you know, feel a certain way about faith or they feel a certain way about money or they feel a certain way about generosity or not generosity. And, and you can hear sometimes in people's communication, they're just like F everybody and screw that person. And you're like, man, I'd never want to partner with you because that's just not how I think of life, you know? And, and, you know, for me, I'm always about how do I outgive the next guy? Because I want to outgive and not outget, you know? And so it's just a different mentality. Uh, Corey, my partner that you mentioned, Jason, is uh, we're a part of a group called the Go Abundance and Go Givers, yeah. which means that we're all about, you know, just kind of giving everything away. And and so we're always giving our spreadsheets and the, ad, the analyzer tools. And we're just like, yeah, take it, you know, we'll help you out. Uh, and that kind of uh, similarity creates a good partnership, a good marriage, right? And that's always huge. And then when it comes to somebody that you look at and you're like, hey, you know, dude, I think we could do a deal together. Uh, I always tell people don't jump to the altar, uh, but take one step at a time. And the one step is like, hey, let's partner on one small deal together. Let's not buy a hotel. Let's yeah. not buy, you know, some multi-million dollar flip, but let's do a, a base run a hit. And let's just see how that looks, you know, and just see if a one simple step works for us. And that's what Corey and I did. We did a very simple flip, which in Hawaii, it's over a mill because everything's over a mill in Hawaii, but, but it was a basic flip and, and we didn't do that great on money. But what we did do is we discovered how each of us have strengths and different weaknesses. And then we discovered we complement each other really well. And then we're like, hey, let's do another one. And then pretty soon it was like another one. And before we knew it, it was not even a conscientious decision. Like we were a full-fledged partnership. And then it's like, well, we need to get some documents to kind of officialize this thing. So I think we better show up at the altar and we better get married because this is like, this is legit, you know? Uh, so anybody who's kind of starting off and you think about partnerships is one of the greatest ways to scale. 
apartment complex in Vegas uh, with a couple of partners, actually all physicians, uh, in fact, and they're great. And, and it took a long time to bet them and, and to really think about them. I own a, an eightplex with another doctor, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of doctors in my life. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm saving up my physician if I ever need them, I think. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I own quite a few things on my own or with my wife and I. Uh, my wife and I are actually about to open up an adult family home, so a residential assisted living. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in partnership with her, but then we discovered that we could scale and open up more of these across the country if we brought in this expert who's been doing this for like 25 years. And so we're like, should we partner with him? And so we've been dating him for a while. Like we've taken him to dinners and lunches mm-hmm. and we've taken his classes, you know, and my wife's like, I really like him. And, and he's got a cool accent. I'm all, do you like his accent better than my accent? Because that could be a problem. <laughs> what kind of but, accent does he have? He has an Italian accent. Oh, of course, the Italian accent. Right. I'm half, I'm half Italian. I totally understand it. Yeah. Right. Outside New York, I hear it all the time. Well, I grew up around New York Italians, which are different from like, different. you know, Italians. Yeah, yeah. Italians. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's from Italy. And so he, yeah. he has a natural accent. And it's a very nice accent, easy to listen to. And I think he's probably 65, you know, so he's, a, he's at a stage in life now where he's not trying to prove anything, but he's trying to give stuff away. And, and it just aligns with us so much. So, so I would just say, yeah, anybody who's looking for partnerships is kind of take a look at the alignment, take a look at a, a basic opportunity, and then really take a look at uh, what are some of the things that you want to do that a partnership will help you get there even faster. And then get seduced by the accent. And then yep. the accent. Dude, my contractor in Vegas, he's from, um, he has an English accent. So I don't even know where that's from, but dude, I just, every time I call him, I'm like, can you just keep talking to me? Because man, it's, <laughs> it's so sexy. <laughs> yeah, I know everything sounds a lot smarter, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. I can never, I, I don't even know. I can't even pay attention. I'm just like, man, it just sounds so nice. Well, Rory here in Boston, you know, a lot of the contractors have Irish accents, right? Especially in our neighborhood. Right. And I, that's why I can't take phone calls from them. I need subtitles uh, or to see them in person to, to know what they're talking about. <laughs> so those are very thick, but yeah, hey, hey, the, the Hawaiian accent also, we love that. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it just makes you feel like you're in paradise when you're talking to someone from Hawaii. Yeah. 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 And then when you get two people from Hawaii talking to each other, then you can't even understand them. So mm-hmm. I, I, I slide into what we call pigeon from time to time. And my kids are like, what is that, Dad? That doesn't even sound intelligent. Like, hey, I understand it. Pigeon? What is pigeon? Oh, pigeon. Yeah. Yeah, it's a local. So if you have any for, uh, listeners that are from Hawaii, they'll totally know what it is. It's it's basically a language that was created back in the sugarcane days because you had Japanese workers, Filipino workers, Chinese workers immigrating to Hawaii, and their common language was English, and they didn't even speak English well. So it was broken English trying to communicate. And so that ended up becoming basically a pidgin English. And so the, the verb tenses are off and the, they put the noun in the wrong place. But now it's just become part of the DNA of Hawaii. And so you'll, you'll hear it from time to time. It's pretty fun. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we, we did. I mean, Rory and I took a trip there a couple of years ago. I've been there a couple of times without Rory. And next time I go, I have to listen for it. Yeah, or I'll have you jump on a conference call when I'm talking to a Hawaii client. You'll be like, that's what it sounds like. Now I get it, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, let's ask a couple quick questions about some legal issues that you've had along the way since this is a real estate law podcast. So are there anything that stood out in any of your deals where you're like, oh, man, that was a situation that we could have avoided or that was something that I needed to call an attorney in for, um, something that you know just would be interesting to hear on a real estate law podcast? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that for, you know, for, the, for an audience of people who are looking to get into real estate investing, I think one of the coolest things that kind of ties legal uh, as well as um, finance is something called real estate professional status. Uh, Rory, are you familiar with that? Yeah. yeah so, yep. It's, it's tax season, so I know that very well. Know it super well. Yeah. And I would just say, if you're an investor and don't know what that is, contact Rory or get with an attorney and your CPA and ask them that question because that question essentially helps you eliminate your W-2 taxes. It's magical and it's legal, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a, that's a tax thing or a legal thing that I wish somebody would have told me when I was in graduating from college, because that would have been game changing early on. So that's huge. I was just going to say Jason married me for um, the, the tax status, which makes perfect sense. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Doubt, right? You, yeah. you know when investors start dating because their, their questions <laughs> are not the normal ones when they date. Your normal questions are, where do you go? What do you like? What movies and what actors? Mm-hmm. Investors, their first question is, do you have real estate professional status? Does, does, <laughs> more, than, does more than 50% of your income come from? Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Total different. Yeah. Does more than 50% of your income come from passive income or active income? <laughs> what kind of passive income do you have? And, and what is the depreciation that you take? Bonus depreciation? Or do you do, you know, and everybody else listening, right. you know, those guys are so lame. <laughs> you know, but a lot of people that are into this are single or they're younger and they're probably swiping on their, you know, left or right on their Tinder <laughs> profiles, whichever, whichever way is the way that means a good thing. I think it's swiping right. So, so maybe <laughs> you should put, you know, real estate professional status on your Tinder profile right next to your height, your weight, your eye color, <laughs> your interests, you know, that might attract some new people. hundred percent. Well, actually, I tell my single friends who are now in real estate investing, go to real estate networking meetups guaranteed to find good people because you have similar values, similar mindset, similar interests. And if they're going to show up to an event, then chances are, you know, they're, they're making a priority out of it too. So um, yeah. So even sometimes more than the apps are weird these days. So, but you know, that's a whole other topic we can talk about. That's the next episode. We'll, we'll, we'll invite <laughs> you back for that. The real estate meetups that you go to, like the ones that we go to, it's just, it's all guys. I mean, like there's very few women that go to them. I don't know about the ones that you go to. Oh, you know I've that, always found that striking. Yeah, that's, that should not be true. There are a lot of women in the space. And, yeah. and I would just probably venture to guess that the organizers are all guys. So probably need to just get a really good dynamic uh, real estate mm-hmm. agent or broker mm-hmm. or an investor in the community. Uh, to join in and it'll change because the women add to the fabric of investing. Uh, I mean, just a dynamic that is fantastic. So um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Really, as we approach our final questions, which are coming up in a second, I just want to talk about your, uh, the different states in which you operate. Um, you know, how do you keep all that organized? Um, you know, cause it's different time zones. It's just different yeah. coasts. It's a rock in the middle of the ocean. It's nothing like I've ever, you know, I've never spoken with somebody that's, you know, has that many disparate, business ventures. I can't imagine, you know, how you keep your head on straight, but you must have a great system. Yeah. Did you say disparate or desperate? Because I'm desperate with the right adjective for sure. Um, I use disparate, but I'll go with desperate too. If you like. <laughs> yeah. We do have offices. Um, our hard, So, I mean, we have so many companies, right? So our lending company has offices in Honolulu and then we go to the East coast, which is in Florida. And so we cover all time zones, which our clients love because somebody's picking up the phone. And when you're when you need money to do your deal, you want somebody on the other line picking up your phone quickly. So so fortunately, our lending company does bridge loans, and so we can close really quick. So that's awesome to have that. But our real estate team that does acquisitions and then helps with our clients who want to buy or sell, 
uh, multifamily properties. That's that's all over the country. And now we're expanding to literally almost everywhere in the country, which is really exciting. Um, so we're part of a group called EXP Real Estate as well. And so we're networked together really well. And so with us bringing people onto the Team KCOA brand, it's a brand that has the knowledge of real estate investors, which is the real estate professional status, cost segregation, bonus depreciation, you know, all the stuff that investors need to know. Most typical agents don't know, right, Rory? I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a specialized field. So that's our specialty. And we love it. We're about to do something in Michigan as well. And, and that's mm -hmm. really fun. Uh, so we are uh, doing a lot of different countries. So how do we stay organized? Um, I, I'm, along, I'm on an airplane a lot, which is kind of fun. <laughs> and uh, I just, I can never find my best running shoes or my best workout gear because I can't remember where they're allocated at, but uh, that's all right. Um, but, but it makes it a lot of fun, but it also gives us an opportunity to network a lot of people. So if anyone's listening and, and you're in any of the markets we're in, we'd love to, we'd love to connect up and see if there's something we could do together. Yeah, we'll put all your information in the show notes for this. And uh, if, if people want to reach out to you directly, what, what do you think is the best way to get a hold of you, Keikoa? TeamKeikoa.com. Team and then Keikoa, my first name, K-E-K-O-A.com uh, is our website. So it's got everything there. And then they can reach out to us and all of our information is there. You can check out our team. And, and then if you're looking for you know, a good place to intern or learn from, you know, hit us up. You know, if you think that you fit in, uh, if you bench press at least 600 or 700, <laughs> perfectly fit in so just kidding yeah it's no, a very never. small subset of people I think. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't include me either <laughs> a lot of plates there rory do you have any uh, final questions for kakoa before we get to the final questions of the podcast no i like to get his thoughts on the final questions excellent all right well kakoa we asked the same three questions of all guests on the podcast just to wrap it up and have a, a you know put a bow on the conversation and figure out a way yeah. to uh, move forward and move into uh, the rest of our lives, which is not recording podcasts. And the, uh, the first question is, if you can get on stage and talk for a half hour uh, about any subject in the world, not real estate, and have zero preparation, meaning something that you know so well, what is that? We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alex Brayshaw. Join me as I celebrate the positive impact of business and what drives the people behind it. It's a chance to hear from business leaders, emerging sectors and industry influencers about their unfinished business in just 25 minutes. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a big question. If it's not about real estate, probably be something to do with uh, personal fitness and mindset. Um, you know, for me, that's a huge thing. I think mindset is, is massive and... Um, and I think that fitness is important to anything that you do. And I think we give less credit to fitness and mindset than we really should. Uh, so I would definitely talk about that. There's a strong correlation between success in real estate and mindset and physical activity. Like I just, I keep finding it. A lot of like the successful entrepreneurs that we, that we all stumble upon online, they all seem to keep really fit. So there's something that is said about that. And like you find time in your day to maintain your fitness. In fact, I'm guessing if you don't work out, you probably feel like you're not going to have as good of a day. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think mindset is huge as well. You know, I do agree with you on that. I'll give you a quick example. You know, so you said you've been to Hawaii. Uh, in Hawaii, we have something called the floral lays and everybody jokes that you get laid in Hawaii uh, and you mm -hmm. may, but then you also get flower lays mm -hmm. and uh, flower lays are awesome because they smell fantastic. And in Hawaii, flower lays, they put around your neck and the neat thing about the flower lays is that when you have a flower lay on, everything smells amazing. 
So you can have a flower lay on and you can go into a men's gym locker room and the locker room smells amazing because you have the flower lay on, right? You can go into your teenager's bedroom and it smells amazing. You can go into a garbage dump and it smells amazing because you've got the flower lay on. And to me, the mindset's like the flower lay. It's like when you go into the day with a mindset that says, hey, I can do this. Uh, today's going to be better than yesterday. Uh, and the, the high of today is going to be the low of tomorrow. So, you know, I'm just going to keep on uh, pressing into the day. Uh, and you have a mindset like that, then, man, you can do anything, no matter how hard life gets, because you've got that lay of a mindset of uh, positivity uh, that really changes things. So I need to be the guy that goes to the gym wearing a flower lay here in Boston. Like that was totally <laughs> turned some heads. Yeah. <laughs> it would turn some heads, but, you know, you never know. It could be pretty cool. Our second question is, tell us something that happened early in your life or career that is impacting the way that you're working today. Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's probably my dad. So my dad immigrated from um, Burma, which is Myanmar next to Thailand. And then uh, they, they escaped it when the Japanese bombed it. So they had to actually jump over dead bodies and then ran to China, uh, landed in Hawaii. Uh, and then, uh, but he kind of came to the country with nothing. And uh, he went to the University of Washington, got a scholarship, uh, then started working hard. So I think his work ethic is what I got from him. But, but he worked so hard that he actually became the United States National Transportation Director based in D.C., George Bush. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's all because he was a really, really hard worker. And so I think that that has definitely impacted me because throughout my upbringing, I always watched him work hard, but he always coached our soccer teams and we always had time to fish on the weekends. And so somehow he balanced it all. Um, but yet, you know, I mean, you don't get to where he got as a foreigner to this country uh, without a huge work ethic and, and a positive attitude. So, so I'd say that, that, you know, I mean, without being you know cheesy about it, I think that, yeah, it was my dad that he did a lot for me. Not cheesy at all. I mean, that's an important lesson. And he probably made every minute count of every single day, you know, while you were growing up, if, if he was working so hard, worked under, uh, you know, a federal administration and was there for your soccer games. Yeah, it was amazing. And I mean, I had a paper route growing up. We grew up pretty poor. Uh, and he would get up at five in the morning and he would pedal papers with me every single morning. And I was like, man, this is great. You know, I mean, you didn't need to, but, but I think it was just that he was showing discipline and the morning routines and everything. And so, so I try to do the same thing with my son. Uh, but, you know, kids these days, man, they're so spoiled compared to when we were kids. So <laughs> that's another episode. That's a whole other episode. We'll do one on real estate parenting. <laughs> a final question we have for you. Tell us something you're listening to or reading or watching these days. Um, you know, I'm looking at my book list right now, and there's three books that I'm reading that's pretty awesome. So there's this one called Traction. Really love it. Um, so if you don't have a, a book that just kind of talks about, um, finding a place and just really taking off. That's huge. Uh, this one's pretty nerdy, but this is, uh, I don't know if you guys ever done this one. These are tax strategies for the real estate investors, part one and part mm -hmm. two. So new investors get these books. They are absolutely amazing. And then the uh, final one that I really enjoy is this book. It's called $100 million offers. You probably haven't heard about this, but this is a really good book on just how do you make offers that never get turned down? So uh, Rory, huge for uh, the brokerage. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the stuff that I've been reading lately and it's uh, pretty cool. So I've already added, added that to my list. So nice. Well, Kekoa, I really appreciate your taking some time to uh, to spend with us. And yeah, to, uh, this is great. To give us all this great insight. I mean, this end of the podcast, you know, I really encourage you to go check out Kekoa's website. It's teamkekoa.com. Is that right? Yeah. 
lots of info about you, you know, follow you on Instagram as well. We'll put all the links in here because, you know, you, you do some great videos that are really you in the environment of just like the world that you're working in. I know you do some live streams also on a periodic basis. Is that right? Yep. Every Friday. Every Friday. Yeah. Are those public? Yeah, yeah. It's called Coffee Talk. We just bring, it's like networking, but we started during COVID. So anybody's welcome to jump in. It's all real estate investors from around the country. The problem is you have to figure out what time zone you're in and link up, but it's at uh, 12 noon Pacific time. Uh, it's pretty cool. And it's anywhere from 50 or 100 investors that jump on every week and uh-huh. uh, share different things. But yeah, we'd invite anybody who's interested to, to hit us up. Go to the our website and then our web, Team Kickoff website will uh, give you some opportunities to send us a message. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to check all that stuff out and you know we'll have to make sure that you show up on time for your own networking event, right? Right. That's the <laughs> we may have you guys on sometime. That'd be fantastic. We'd love that. Yeah. I mean, Rory and I were talking before we recorded this saying like, you know, Kekoa's got such like a positive vibe and everything. And like, you know, here mm-hmm. in the Northeast, things can be really surly and, you know, we could have kind of this just different mindset from the Hawaiian or West Coast mindset. But um, yeah. I don't know. We tell it like it is out here. That's what I've always subscribed to. But not that you don't. But, you know, I, just, I think that your your charisma and your, you know, your just your mindset really just comes right through the camera. It comes right through everything that you're saying. You know, I could tell that everything that you're saying is genuine, all the mentorship that, you know, you've put forward with your team and other members, you know, it's definitely something that it's a breath of fresh air. I'm glad that you're able to kind of live your life that way and operate your businesses that way, because I'm sure really helped you grow to what you have today. Yeah. Well, thanks. I'm, I'm sure you folks do the exact same thing and it's going to be fun to continue to watch you both grow and to, to watch those who listen in on the podcast grow as well. This is a great resource. Well, thank you. No, we appreciate that. And Rory, we should probably give you a couple seconds to say where people could find you. I'm easy to find if you want to uh, find me at Next Home Tettletown, nexthometettletown.com or Urban Village Legal, urbanvillagelegal.com. We'll put all that in the show notes as well. And uh, I'm Jason. Uh, you can find me at Jason at nexthometittletown.com or you could hit us up on Instagram and we'll probably answer those. Uh, it'll probably be me answering the Instagram DMs. So slide right in there. So Kekoa, thanks so much again. Uh, we really appreciate it. And yeah. mahalo and aloha. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This has been the Real Estate Law Podcast. Because real estate is more than just pretty pictures. And law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. We're powered by Next Home Title Town, Greater Boston's progressive real estate brokerage. More at nexthometitletown.com. And Urban Village Legal, Massachusetts Real Estate Council, serving savvy property owners, lenders, and investors. More at urbanvillagelegal.com. Today's conversation was not legal advice, but we hope you found it entertaining and informative. Discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.